Escape the Rat Race with me, Lisa Staker, the Rebellious Coach. This podcast is all about empowering you to break free from the straitjacket of the traditional nine to five and pursue a life of freedom, purpose and fulfillment. If you're feeling stagnant and frustrated in your career and want to feel free and fulfilled, this podcast is here to reignite your passion for work and life by providing you with the resources and insights you need to take the leap and escape the rat race. So get ready to break free and start living life on your own terms. Hi and welcome to another episode of Escape the Rat Race. And I'm very pleased to have with me today Hon Yip. And we're going to be carrying on the conversation about being fulfilled in your career and the different things you can do to find that fulfillment in your career. Now, the best person to introduce kind of Hon is himself. So Hon, over to you. Do you want to tell us a little bit your story, what you do and why you do it? Yeah, thanks, Lisa. Thanks for having me on. And um, well, I was about to say good morning. It actually literally is a good morning in the UK, considering it's it's kind of winter or not winter. We're down to two seasons now <laughs> in this modern climate so yes i'm hon hon yip and um and i'm actually a second generation uh immigrant in the uk so my parents came over from from hong kong and i was i was brought up as gen well god what gen there's so many generations now what gen we obviously gen gen z and then i'm probably the gen x i guess 80s child so i think i was just 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 around that that era and um and yeah i, I guess i had a bit of a Kind of a mixed upbringing as a second generation immigrant cultures of the east mixed with the west all of that kind of stuff <laughs> and um and yeah i guess just to summarize just to fast forward and i guess i will probably come back to that maybe um, in my formative years um but i spent pretty much 18 plus years in the corporate world um uh, flitting between um local government down to um, basically I, uh, my areas in kind of it I'm still kind of in it. I'm a consultant now, um, which I'll go into a bit more detail why I'm a consultant rather than an employee. <laughs> um, and I guess, guess the key thing around the coaching area is that I specialize in coaching uh, East Asians uh, because I found there, 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 there was a niche in the market for that. There isn't a coach dedicated for East Asians. And as far as I know, I am the only coach in the UK dedicated to, to East Asians. Um, but also now branch out in into more um, of a mastermind and group-based activities where I help um, international graduates um, get their foothold in the UK, especially if they want to stay in the UK. But now with the lovely government announcing, um, now they've pushed it back to next year of um, the thresholds for, for internationals staying in the UK, that's another challenge now I, I help. Um, with international graduates who who have the right skills who really want to work here and um, just want to build up that career so yeah yeah really that's that's me in a nutshell so you're kind of you're currently you say you said there you're kind of give an explanation as to why you're in consulting not as an employee um where's that come from yeah i guess that's part of the stepping stone towards me i guess moving away from corporate you know living in london is always expensive you know i just Oh God, it's it's madness! I just sold my first flat back in December. You know, it's a one bed, sort of Greenwich, and it's like three three hundred seventy grand. That, that's how crazy it is, right? And that's that's kind of why, partly financial reasons, uh, but partly I still kind of enjoy it, right? Uh, in in doing what I do, um, keeping up with the trends as well. So coaching at the moment is kind of a little bit like my side hustle. 
um, whilst I'm doing my, my consulting work. And, and that's something I'm looking to transition to. And it's quite interesting because I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking about this podcast yesterday. I was thinking, hmm, what can I say about the, the catalyst really of, of what, of what drew drew me towards consulting and eventually coming off of, of the corporate world which is a little bit ironic because I help people to get into corporate or maybe not depending but most graduates are going to end up in corporate right but then I'm the one that's coming out of it um which is a bit ironic um but obviously I do it because I know a lot about it <laughs> and I want to help people get get their dreams right regardless of what their dreams are so I remember this was about God, was it 2011 yeah about 2011 so we we're one of these um i was working in insurance um within it still so I was working in the insurance market um finance and insurance and i remember doing this two-day kind of workshop at a, at a hotel nearby down down by fenchurch street and um and we, we basically did did questionnaires and we did basically the myers brick test and then my boss's boss, being ever analytical, as he was, lack of emotional intelligence, as you get in the IT world, one of the reasons why I want to get out <laughs> is that he noticed something because we all had we all answer these questions anonymously, so it's personality based questions, and he said that oh I noticed something interesting here. It sounds like I've noticed this person doesn't like to follow rules that then likes to create his own. And I thought, bloody hell, I think that might be me. <laughs> so, um, and I sat there quietly sitting, letting this sink in. I thought, yeah, that I think I was the one that answered the questions in that way. And it's weird because everyone sees me as the quiet reserve type that plays things by the book. It is a bit weird. I'm a bit of a black sheep in that area. And I've always been kind of the black sheep in my family. <laughs> um as well and i think that was the catalyst that made me realize bloody hell right it's it is me and it's part of the reason why i chose to become an entrepreneur is that i could make my own rules right i can live live the way i want to live work the way i want to work my, my, make my own, own rules as long as i'm not hurting anybody or mm. or making anyone feel bad and that's what i felt that in the corporate world you know there are unfortunately rules that have to be followed they're there for a reason i get that but it's not for everyone and it wasn't for me and it wasn't making me happy and that was the time when, you know, to be, be completely open, I was then originally diagnosed with depression. And I went through the whole phase of going to the hospital, being on the meds, therapy, everything like that. And I went through that, which was you know, pretty taboo coming, especially coming from, from the culture that I come from. You know, it's, it's something that already in the West, it's, it's, it's a little bit taboo. It's getting better, a hell of a lot better. And there's more exposure around that, but certainly in you know in my circles and in my family it was a pretty bit bit of a hush hush kind of thing it's like you have to just sit down shut up get on with it kind of thing so but yeah but that was the catalyst of, of what brought me to to being an entrepreneur and I guess more importantly around coaching I just knew even in the corporate world the one the one thing I enjoyed the most was was mentoring but not just the the fact of mentoring one of the frustrations about the corporate world is you're often especially in the work that that i did and, and kind of do to an extent and i still feel those frustrations is you're often working with people that have a different way of thinking mm. and that they're they're very resistant to change and i think as human beings we we generally are 
um, which is what brought me to coaching because then I get to work with people that I want to work with. If people, I work with people that are going to be like me and, you know, like kind of a, attracts alike, I think, in, in that space. Um, so, so, you know, people who are similar to me or like what I do are, are going to be drawn towards me and probably, well, hopefully most of the time it's, it's, it's vice versa. So ideally I work with people who actually consciously want to change. And I think that's what coaching and mentoring is about. People that do consciously want to change. Well, nine out of 10 times, the people that come to me do actually genuinely want to change for the good, good reasons. Um, so yeah, yeah, that was a catalyst and, and kind of the big reason why, why, why I made that decision. Well, thank you for being so honest there. And it's it's not always easy to kind of kind of things talk about depression and things, but I think the more we do kind of talk about it and the more we do realise it's 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 almost like one of those things, it's a process of life now. That mm. we there's always gonna be those down times when just our bodies can't cope anymore. And with best one in the world, sometimes our coping mechanisms just, just aren't enough. And I was also very pleased to hear the, the rebel inside you. Being the rebel, you know, the rebel coach myself, rebellious coach. I, I love it when I hear people yeah. saying they're rebelling against things and they don't like, they like breaking the rules. But it's very interesting there about you said people thought you were the quiet person as well. I think kind of not wanting to kind of follow the norms and do things the way that we're told doesn't mean you have to be this hugely extrovert person. Mm. And it is, it's, you know, it can, you know, with all of us, I mean, I would get the same thing and people looking back on my career that I was, you know, quite a quiet person, although I have my kind of rebellious ways, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be you're the, the one shouting the loudest. So you've kind of, you've got your move, you know, now you're kind of working in consultancy and you have your coaching business. Now, what impact has that had on your kind of life um both kind of positively and negatively how's that impacted things how has it no oh, massive impact i think positively and negatively <laughs> actually so um to be honest look we can't really avoid the stereotypical answers and, and all the tropes that go around with that you know or you know it, 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 it is a roller coaster you know yeah there's tears you know, there's there's blood and tears around all down. Not literally blood, but literally there are tears. Anyway, so um, and it is a tough slog because you know when you start out, especially me when I started out, you know you're still on your nine to five. You know you've got that pressure there. You're doing something you don't particularly enjoy, or or, or mainly you're in an environment that you don't particularly enjoy. And then you're trying to make something work where you have, uh, or certainly for me, I had so little experiencing. In. I mean, you can train to be a coach. A lot of people train to be coaches, and 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 I think there's that classic mistake that people think that okay, I'm going to go to to coaching school, get my creds, come out, build a website, and that's it. No, it, it doesn't work like that. You don't just build a website and suddenly somebody finds you. That's not the way business works, unfortunately. Well, this day and age, with so much noise uh, in in online, in the media, and everywhere that you go. Uh, Right. So, um, so, you know, it's a, it was a, it was a tough slog in, in accepting that and the realities of all the ups and downs that come with it, you know, things that work, things that don't work. It's always, you're always testing. That's the thing with, with business when, when, when you're starting that up, um, it's always testing. You don't know if you've got the right, right, 
the right audience, how you engage with them, all of those kind of things, right? But anyway, I'm not here to coach about business, but um, I'm here to talk about sort of the impact, right? And going back um, in line with the impact, then that that's just an example of some of the stresses um, that you get from a business perspective. You know, there's personal stresses as well, you know, having conversations with, with my partner about, look, this is, this is kind of what I want to do. She's always been very supportive, you know, I'm very lucky to be able to have that um as well and um and i guess for me it's 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 just maintaining that energy going because it is literally you know like a roller coaster you know going through that especially the times when things don't work well it's really crap right if you're not getting any clients especially in the beginning that that's a really common theme and then when you get your first client and then your second client you get that buzz and then something doesn't work anymore and then you're all right what the hell has gone wrong there have i just got lucky or <laughs> what is it right so it, it's kind of that repetitiveness of, of getting that through um but it's just cutting through the noise right even i think even as a buyer as a customer you get so much noise about buy this buy that why you need this why you need that and it's the same as as an entrepreneur you get so much noise oh uh, you've got to get leads this way content content's not the way to go oh yeah but but content is the way to go so i will there is no right or wrong answer. You just have to find your way. Um, and as much as me as an individual, I like, I like the mystery and the mysterious, but sometimes in business, I like things to be a bit predictable. And that's when, when the stress is coming, when things don't become predictable, right? And that's pretty tough. Um, and I think, I guess for me, it hit me hard when my daughter was born. So she's a COVID baby. And, um, and that hit me in in the ways i've never been able to imagine and i was remembering i can smile about it now you know and laugh about it and so leading up you know my my partner was in hospital obviously covid lockdown yeah. um i couldn't really hang around i couldn't stay there be with her so that that was a bit tough um i remember the day leading up to to the labor i just had this sense of dread around it all that the realization that suddenly this this small human being is going to come out and my world is going to completely change yeah. i had no idea how it would change i just knew it would but i think deep down it's just thinking that i've already got my it career here that i need to keep on top of then i've got to keep on top of my coaching which is slowly you know it's gradually taking off right i had a system going i had consistency i was doing things day in day out it was bloody tiring and then this person comes out right? and then immediately it was um it's a bit weird and i think it doesn't get talked about a lot and again this is not the uh, the anxiety and depression show here but i've got to be honest for me as in a personal journey i i suffer from postnatal depression yeah. because of that and i was paralyzed i was completely debilitated for about three months i was out of work for three months and that just reset everything um that's kind of you know that's a massive impact and then i just had to reset so my coaching stopped completely and then i had to pick things up again uh from then you're dealing with family and then you're dealing with your child and um and yeah all these things are in your mind you wake up and it's like it's not just a normal day you don't just think about work you got to think about yeah 
getting this person up, getting them dressed and fed and everything <laughs> like that. So it's kind of, I'm pretty much playing that 21st century dad as well. You know, back in the days, you know, dads, I think, had it, in my opinion, dads probably had it quite quite easy. You know, the mum would be at, be at home majority of the time looking after the kids. Dad would probably just play with them, right? Get back from work. Sometimes they get back from work and they don't have to deal with with their children because they're either in bed or they're too knackered and they're probably gone off to the pub or whatever. But again, maybe I'm stereotyping, but hey, I think that that's the impression I got, you know, growing up. Um, I think dads had it easier then. And then now it's it's different. And I think the the dynamics have changed in, in 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 families and relationships as well. And also it's a choice thing. You know, I don't wanna I don't want to throw everything at my career and then look back and think I didn't spend time growing up with my daughter and seeing her growing up and, and and experiencing all of that it's it's bloody stressful you know it's really crap time but it's really good times you know for all of that as well but but yeah before before i go go into another rabbit hole that that's kind of, <laughs> it's in, in, in the summary of how how i <laughs> summarize up the impact yeah so the kind of like We've spoken a lot over there and I say appreciate your honesty again because it's it's not something that's talked about a lot kind of the postnatal depression in men I know of other cases of it as well it is really hard and it's you know impact you know it's at a time when the emotions are high anyway and through all of this you, you, you know you've had all the challenges of a full-time job the new family COVID starting up a new business which we all know is it's hard but very rewarding <laughs> But you've kept going and you've kept wanting to do your coaching. What is it about the coaching that makes all of this worthwhile? It's ultimately down to, I mean, you mentioned word fulfillment, right? In Probably not yet, but I know we, we spoke about it outside of this session, <laughs> outside of this podcast yeah. recording about happiness and fulfillment. I think ultimately that that's what it's down to, because I think there's been a long time where I felt very unfulfilled. I mean, there were peaks and troughs, you know, you start your career, you go, oh, great, now I've got a career. Oh, yeah, I've jumped this salary band now. And then after a while, for me, it just felt like salary and position was just a number. So I got to a point where basically where recognition, you know, something like recognition, we all love recognition, right? It's usually quite high on, on people's um, motivational lists. It got to a point where for me, recognition was no longer something that that gave me a buzz anymore especially in the corporate world all right especially in the corporate world it's like you know if my team members say oh yeah i've done a great job my owner said i've done a really good job whatever it, it didn't do anything for me anymore i think i just switched off mm. at that point from that 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 corporate switch just just went off um i think that that was that moment as well that that's the realization of wow what the hell is fulfillment and then it's ultimately looking to the end of my life. I don't plan that far ahead, but I do think that far ahead in that, you know, when I'm lying on my deathbed, I don't want to think back having having these regrets and wishing, oh, I wish I'd done this, I wish I'd done that. Um, and, and I guess there's two ways to look at it. It's coaching is probably one of many ways to achieve that fulfillment. And knowing who I am I'm under no illusions that coaching in itself is something I will probably do forever I am a person that that likes change I actually embrace it and I get bored when there's no change um, as well so who knows how long I'd be doing coaching for would I still be doing coaching in the area that I'm doing maybe I'll be a coach for something else mm. right I don't know that but I do 
know here and now um i am in some ways living in the moment and i think some ways in in some ways that that's quite nice because there isn't that pressure of thinking right five years what the hell am i going to be doing right at a high level yes i know what i want to be doing i want to be completely out of that corporate realm even even as a freelancer and a consultant i want to be completely out of that and just completely be running things by my own rules right i do know that that as much and i think you know it's very individualistic fulfillment what does it mean for me personally it just means freedom that's what it is and and i look back to all the times where where i have been unhappy it's because there there isn't freedom i think ultimately that's what happiness is about right some people can be materialistic i'm a little bit that i i'm not completely i don't wear designer clothes right that that's not my idea of um, material um but you know i do enjoy luxuries and to have those luxuries sometimes you do have to have some affordance of 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 living an income to be able to do that right if i said to everyone hey you know Again, for all the green people out there, this is not targeted towards you, but <laughs> this is just an analogy. But if if first class travel was free, everyone would be traveling on it, right? Mm. Who who doesn't want to travel on first class on a flight, right? Or even business class, but first class, who doesn't, right? If it was affordable, everyone would do it. And that's just an analogy of freedom, right? It's not about the money. It's about the freedom, what you can do with it and the freedom that comes with it as well. And I guess sometimes slightly envious in that i do wish i wasn't such a complex person <laughs> because i look at some people who aren't ambitious and who are genuinely genuinely happy and if they are genuinely happy and it's like you know what good for you right because you don't have those stresses or pressures in thinking about what's that next thing you're just happy living and, you, and if you are genuinely happy in the net then bloody well good for you right in 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 all senses of that and i do mean it and sometimes i do wish that why well, can't my life be a hell of a lot simpler and have simpler desires but i don't right so i think i just have to accept who i am what i want and what what's going to fulfill me um and i'm not religious so i'm not going to come back as someone else or something else whatever that might be right so again looking to the last day of my life on earth i don't want to be looking back and and having those regrets and thinking i've just i've just carried on with the rat race um and just live through it because i know that for me that's just not an option and i think you've hit the nail on the head that everyone is different mm -hmm. and what works for one person may not work for another now i'm assuming if people are listening to this podcast then they are frustrated at work and that thing about freedom is something that a lot of people just they're, they're striving for i know when i was um i talk a lot about kind of values and where you know what are your core beliefs what are your non-negotiables and i did a values exercise when i was back at work and one of them was freedom and it came up really near the top and i did one recently and freedom's not there anymore and the reason it's not there anymore is because i've got it mm. i don't need to think that's a non-negotiable because it's i have the freedom to do it and it's something that you know within corporates it's, there's going to be some people who like the security of not having the freedom and being in that i have been not told what to do but that kind of this is this is my path and just going along with it and you said there you know some people are very comfortable with that and there's others that are 
or not. And uh, I suspect people listening to this podcast, given the name of the, you know, Escape the Rat Race, you're going to be in that category of not so comfortable and looking for something else and looking for change. So it's really refreshing to kind of hear that's where you've come from and kind of your journey and that that don't don't want to have regrets. And I think that's a good, a really good driver for people who are kind of a little bit nervous about making change, a little bit scared of it to to kind of think, well, what's the downside of not making change? Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned word scared there. Mm. And, um, you know, I always put that in, in terms of fear. If, if, you know, if you're going to make a decision and it's not scary at all, it's probably not the right decision because you're too comfortable as well. It's the way I see it anyway. And then, you know, it's the whole analogy of going out of your comfort zone. I know it's, 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 it's overused now, but it is true. It's, it's, if you're going to make a decision and it's too easy, and it's too comfortable, then, then you, <laughs> Then you're not even not pushing yourself or it's just not the right decision yeah, yeah. yeah nothing is going to change nothing's going to you know if, if you're unhappy with what's ha- at the moment whatever that might be if you don't change it it's just going to continue that yeah that through. yeah exactly yeah precisely that so we, we're doing really good time for, i know i always find when i have people on the interview we talk far too long kind of trying to keep these kind of the podcasts into a, a nice length so we're just going to move on to a little bit on kind of who you, who are your ideal clients? Give you a chance to kind of see if there's anyone in the audience who may want to work with you. So do you want to give us a little kind of pitch for your business? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, as I say, I kind of work with kind of two clients, really. Mainly internationals in these stations, right? That's that's kind of my, that's kind of my one-to-one kind of more, more kind of executive type of coaching. So my coaching is quite holistic. I know people can kind of really niche down into are you kind of career coach. Well, I am a career coach for some people, and that's what quite a lot of people come to me for. So it was around career and kind of fulfillment. Ultimately, <laughs> the the reason why they talk about career is for fulfillment, right? It's just that at that point in their lives, a lot of people in this kind of age category and kind of around our age, maybe just a bit bit younger than us, are, are going to be in that in in that uh, in that part of their journey. Um, but I am a very much holistic coach. You know, I look at various areas around what makes fulfillment. And this is this is why I coach what I do coach <laughs> in terms of, I think you do have to be holistic. Um, and if anyone does work with me, you know, there's a lovely scorecard and quiz that they do take about what their life is like. You know, it, it's kind of the, um, <laughs> the, the lifestyle's kind of scorecard really in a way. You know, it looks at things like your career. Are you making the money that you want to make? Even down to your relationships. You know, how happy are you in your relationship? And I have coached people on their relationships as well and helped them make breakthroughs around their values on on what type of people they like, who they date, what they want to date. So it is very, very kind of holistic in, in that respect. It's It's about working with people that do want to make a positive changed in themselves and are willing to to kind of invest invest in that as well right so people that are quite similar to me so people are a little bit rebellious um i do have clients that aren't rebellious that's fine well not that they tell me to my face but <laughs> unless it comes to it um uh, but i do get you know quite quite varied kind of type of clients and um i even had a client who was an ex-sugar baby right so that that's that's how varied that is. I've got people who are who are neurodivergent, right? And it and it's you know it gets all sorts. And then on the career side, you know, specifically on helping graduates, um, 
And I look back and I think this was always tough on me. You know, when I was growing up, I had a very unorthodox path to education and getting in into my career and starting my career. I didn't graduate till I was about 26 because I hated studying, which is ironic. Again, kind of being a black sheep in a family, I was seen as the academic one in the family. You know, I had my family, as in my parents and my brothers, you know, they always had high hopes for me and saw me going into academics. And um, and I didn't quite fit that mold in terms of output. Anyway, I had the capabilities. I was smart. I was I was I was academic, but I just didn't like it. <laughs> I just didn't like studying. I wanted to be actually doing things and 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 you know having a career, making money, making actual positive impact in in what I do, not just sitting around reading a book and and and. And answering a paper at the end of the day that that just wasn't my thing and i think that set me back quite a bit unfortunately um but i learned a lot of things because one it's around career and how to sell myself and that's what i had to do you know if you if you're unorthodox you haven't got education you haven't gone through the traditional career path and you're competing against everyone then the one thing I learned that I had to do was I had to outsell everybody else. And that's what I learned to do. And I actually got my first proper job, right, before I actually graduated, you know. And then I finished my degree when I started uh, working. So I worked full-time, studied part-time, finished my degree, and then did the master's and did all of that. So I can look back and say that was a success. Although a bit of a roundabout uh, way to do it, and I guess for me, again, going through that rat race, it's, it's learning how to navigate that and, and knowing what your self-worth is, what your market value is. And then, again, going against the grain, one of the things I really hate in the industry, I know it's kind of standard, is, you know, if you speak to any recruitment agent, they say, oh, you know, if you ever jump ship, what you really should be asking for is just a 10% raise in what you're already on. And for me, I thought that's complete bollocks because I spent one, well, almost two hard, hard, solid years really working on myself, upskilling myself, did my research on the market. No, actually, I know what I'm worth. And I remember that time, I think I was on 27 grand, something like that, just over 10 years ago. And I've been on that bracket for like a good two years. And I thought, right, time for a bit of change. I need to buy a house. I'm ambitious. I need to move up from here. And, and I'm being underestimated. I knew that. And I was being underestimated and undervalued. And then long story short, I applied for a job that was, um, it was about 45 grand, you know, 27 to 45 is a massive jump, right? It's about 40%. And I remember the agent telling me one day to say that, you know, Hon, I wanted them to pitch me in at 45. I want the maximum out because I know what the market value is. I've looked at the job spec. It's very specific. I've got those very specific skills because I match those. I think I deserve that, right? And then reluctantly, they reluctantly put me through. They said, Pon, you should only really be having 10%. But because you're quite adamant, of course, they can't say no to me. I'm, I'm the client as well. Right. But long story short, I did get that role. Got really great feedback and even got feedback that people said that, to be honest, we were a bit ambitious with the job spec, job description. We didn't think we'd find anyone that would fit it. And you actually did. And then that's why we offered you it and obviously had that money as well, because, you know, you, you, you've got to justify your worth as well. And I think for me, again, as a person that's a bit rebellious and going against the grain, 
I don't do it to be rebellious. I do it because there's a reason for doing it. It's because I think sometimes other people talk utter complete crap, right? And if I sense that, even in my own coaching, if you're talking utter complete crap, I'm going to call you up on that. And in this case here, you know, I call the agents up on that and I call everyone else up on that if, if that's the case. Um, if you don't agree with me, then I don't work with you. It's quite simple as that, you know. So I guess that's a very odd pitch. You know, it's not a sales brochure, so to speak. But I guess what I'm saying is I, I like to work with people that, that, that are either like me or like the way that I operate. Oh, that's, and it's really good that you're kind of giving kind of all the details there because it's something that's very relatable. And it, it's hard when you're you're looking for a coach and kind of just like, who can I work with? You can have a converse, half an hour conversation with people, but you don't really get to kind of, un, un, you know, get that relationship going until you kind of two or three sessions in so, so more people know about you. So we will put all your details into the show notes. So if people do want to get in touch with you, they can. So it's been absolutely fantastic having you on the show. Thank you for being so honest. Um, it's not easy to kind of go out in public with that. But I think it really kind of gives people a flavour of the challenges that you've had th- and that you've come through. And you're still here and you're yeah, you know, doing your day job to kind of pay the bills and, and doing the kind of the outside to kind of find that fulfilment. And you've got that goal in your head to kind of come to, to, to make those changes and kind of eventually get there to kind of have a fully kind of fulfilled career and that freedom. So it's been a real pleasure to have you here. Thank you ever so much. No worries. Pleasure's all mine. Thanks a lot, Lisa. Cheers. Thank you. It's always lovely to have a guest in the studio and Hom was kind of no exception to this. I'd like to thank him again for his vulnerability that he showed, um, the depression that he's overcome twice, if not more times in his life. It's really lovely to hear someone being so open about it. And returning now to kind of more about kind of the 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 theme of the podcast um it was great to hear that this self self-confessed rebel um has overcome all the challenges and it's been quite open about the uh, difficulty it is setting up your own business but he's still on that path to fulfillment and he can still see that as being the way that he is going to find fulfillment in his life so i hope this has given you some inspiration to go out and think what you could do to make your career more fulfilled Until next time, I'll see you then on Escape the Rat Race. That's all for today's episode of Escape the Rat Race. I hope you found it helpful and inspiring and it has given you some ideas for how you can start taking action towards escaping the rat race to a life of freedom, purpose and fulfilment. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on your favourite platform. And if you have any questions, comments or feedback, feel free to reach out to me using the contact details in the notes to the podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Staker. Thank you again for listening and I'll see you next time on Escape the Rat Race.